This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And he rips this one. Left center field, and it's going to catch the gap. Radical score right behind him, Altuve. It's a double for Bregman. Scoring two. So you can ask, just keep putting together quality plate appearances, see what happens. First pitch, and that's ripped deep to right field. Fraley is going back, looking up. See you later. First big league home run for Kyle Tucker. And it is 7 to 4, Seattle. Stayed back on the breaking ball, put it right on the barrel, backspin. And it's out of here for the first time, Kyle Tucker. 34 home runs for Round Rock this year after hitting 24 of them for Fresno last year. But he'll never forget his first as a big leaguer. No, but what a moment for Kyle Tucker. 1-1. And Reddick drives one deep to right field. This sends Fraley back at the wall. See you later! Josh Reddick goes deep, and the Astros are down 7-5. Number 11 for Reddick. Uh, he's three for three. That's his first jack since June 28th. And that has to feel mighty good for Reddick. Uh, 1-0. And Altuve drives this one toward the right center field gap. And that's going to split the gap and go all the way to the wall in front of the Astros' bullpen. Two runs will score as Torino's comes home. Reddick behind him. He comes in as well. It's a two-run triple for Altuve. And it is 8-7 Seattle. The Astros once trailed this game by seven. They're now within a run. Third triple of the season for Altuve. Went with a breaking ball, shooting it through the gap, a one hopper off the fence. How good does Altuve look when he's thinking the opposite field? He's been doing that for a while now. Nobody has more hits since the All-Star break. And now the Mariners will bring the infield in with the tying run 90 feet away. And Michael Brantley at the plate. Brantley hits this in the air to left field. Going toward the line is Broxton. Getting behind it, makes the catch. Altuve tagging and coming home. Here's the throw to the plate, the slide. Altuve safe. Got in the head of the one-hop throw, and the Astros have tied it at eight. Roberto Osuna into the ball game. He comes in to face Kyle Seeger with Dylan Moore with third, two outs. Top of the ninth, Astros and Mariners tied at eight. Hesitation on a leg kick, one, two. Swing and a miss. Struck him out on a changeup away. Seager angrily flings the bat toward the third base dugout as Osuna strands a runner at third. Mariners got the leadoff man on, but they don't score. We go to the bottom of the ninth. Astros eight, Mariners eight. One and two is the count to Tucker. And he lines this one to right field. That's a base hit. Fraley in. Here's the throw. Straw speeding save. It's a tie game. Clutch for the Astros. Went down there and got a really good pitch low and away. He certainly did. Well, we noticed the pitch before. He did a good job of recognizing that splitter down and able to get something that he could drive. First pitch, and Brantley drives this one deep to right center field. It sends back Fraley at the wall looking up. See you later. See you later. A walk-off two-run home run for Michael Brantley. And the Astros win it in the
but boy, was it worth it. Boy, was it ever worth it. A lot of happy Astros right at home plate. Michael Brantley, who came into this game, two for his last 26. We go down now to the Astros dugout. We're joined by Kyle Tucker, who tied the game in the 12th inning with the RBI single that scored Miles Straw from second base. And Kyle, the pitcher you're facing, Zach Rhodes, was throwing quite a few splitters. Looked like you recognized the splitter pretty well on the pitch before. Did, did you start to feel like you were getting a better feel for, for Groats as that at-bat wore on? Yeah, um, I noticed he was kind of half and half on fastball splitter, and um, you know, I took a pretty bad swing on the first one, but got to be able to recognize it after that, and then you know, put a good swing on it, straw scored with his speed and you know that was awesome hey kyle how sweet was the the first major league home run you knew you you got it right away we knew but it was a, a line shot to right field uh how hard was it not to smile as you were running the bases oh no that that, that was awesome that, that was a lot of fun and you know i finally got that first one out of the way yep. you know move, move forward with that and, uh, I mean, what a, what a comeback for the Astros. What was kind of the mood in the dugout as that game kept going on after going down by seven runs early? Yeah, um, you know, that was a long game, long long grind. Um, you know, we battled back, battled back the whole whole game, and, you know, we were just rel relentless and, you know, ended up getting that big walk-off homer by Brantley, and, you know, that was it. All right. Hey, Kyle, thanks for joining us. Congrats. Yeah, thank you. There comes a time in everyone's life when talk is cheap and it's time to show up. To get back to the top and build a legacy. If we grind together, we can take it back. Our team. And our city. This is why we play. This is who we do it for. Take it back. For tickets, go to astros.com slash tickets or call 1-877-9-ASTROS. Greetings from Minute Maid Park, where today the Houston Astros play the second game of a four-game series against the Seattle Mariners. Astros took the series opener last night, 11-9, coming back from a 7-0 deficit to win that game in 13 innings. Josh Reddick, three hits, including a homer. Michael Brantley had the walk-off two-run home run in the bottom of the 13th as he went two for six, drove in three runs in the ball game. Astros have won three of their last four, while the Mariners have dropped three in a row in eight of their last ten. Astros 91 and 50, first place in the AL West, nine games ahead of Oakland and 33 games ahead of the Mariners, who were last in the West with a record of 58 and 83. It's time for today's pitching matchup, brought to you by Houston Methodist, the official health care provider for the Houston Astros. Houston Methodist leading medicine. Well, Framber Valdez getting the ball for the Astros today, and Valdez has been very good against the Seattle Mariners, a zero ERA in 13 and a third innings against him in his career. Yeah, you're going to hope for a lot more of the same from Framber Valdez, at least as far as innings go. He's going to be out there a long time. I would expect anywhere from 90 to 105 pitches, considering the Astros used 13 innings worth of relievers yesterday. So they need to set some of those guys down, hoping that Framber Valdez gives them a lot of length in this one. Yeah, that's going to be important. And meanwhile, the Seattle Mariners, they're going with an opener, Reggie McClain, and the left-hander, Tommy Malone, is expected to be their primary pitcher following him. Yeah, it sounds like Reggie McClain's going to go one time through the order. So nine batters for McClain, and he's got a hard, sinking fastball, a lot of run uh, to the arm side for McClain, likes to get the ball on the ground. And for Malone, who's had good success against the Astros, they know very well that he's going to throw them a lot of change-ups. So uh, they're just going to have to stay back long enough to, to drive the ball the other way. Keys to the game brought to you by Honda. Visit your local Greater Houston Honda dealers for great deals on all models. Official sponsor of the Houston Astros. Well, the Astros down 7-0 uh, 
early in that ball game last night against Seattle and uh, did what you what you need to do in a, in a game like that if you're going to come from behind. You know, Wade Miley didn't get an out, but got two excellent long relief outings from Cy Snead and Jose Urquidy. And meanwhile, the offense, they just kept on chipping away, chipping away, chipping away. Next thing you look up, they're tied and then go on to win an extras. Yeah, that was it. They cashed in on their opportunities in those innings. When it was Whether it was just one run or two runs, whatever it was, that two-run double by Bregman just felt like, okay, we're a little closer, 7-3, to three, that's manageable. And we still have five more at-bats. So it was things like that, I think, that continued to give the Astros offense hope to get back into the game as long as, like you said, those relievers kept putting zeros on the board, and they did. And they certainly did. Did a fantastic job with the Astros picking up their largest come-from-behind win of the season. Let's take a look around Major League Baseball as teams race for the pennant brought to you by Apache. Apache Corp exploring what's possible. Well, the Astros with a magic number of 14 to clinch the AL West over Oakland, which has a, uh, which is nine games behind the Astros in the division. Kind of a, a unique circumstance for the A's today. They uh, start a series against the Detroit Tigers, but before they do that, they have to make up a suspended game those two teams had uh, in Detroit earlier this season in the seventh inning is where they're going to pick it up. Bottom of the seventh, A's leading 5-3, to three, and then play the regularly scheduled game after that. So we'll see what winds up happening, but but two games to keep an eye on tonight with that Oakland A's club for the Astros. Yeah, and they've dominated uh, Detroit. I think they've won 16 in a row against the Detroit Tigers, and it looks like they'll win that uh, suspended game as well. So uh, just domination for the, for the A's, who are a very good team against a team that's going through a rebuild right now. So uh, the strength of schedule matters a lot in September when you're starting to project and who's going to be in the wild card, things like that. And, and for the A's, it looks like outside of the Astros on their schedule, when they come in on Monday for four games, they don't play anybody over 500 the rest of the season. Yeah, that's pretty amazing and certainly bodes well for the A's playoff hopes as they're currently leading for that second wild card spot. Coming up next, we'll hear from A.J. Hinch on the Manager Show presented by Waste Management. And a little later, we'll hear from our ConocoPhillips Math Teacher of the Month. But now this from your local Baseball station. season is back, and if you're at Minute Maid Park, head on over to the new Love Street Bar behind Home Plate for a wide selection of Carbach beers, including Love Street Blonde, Hopadillo IPA, and the Astros' very own Crawford Bach. Or visit us sometime at the brewery where we're open seven days a week. Learn more at carbachbrewing.com or find us on social media at Carbach Brewing. How about the Houston Astros? Now, a visit with the manager. Brought to you by Waste Management for environmental solutions that deliver economical savings. Go to thinkgreen.com. Talking with A.J. Hinch before the second out of four with the Seattle Mariners. And what a game yesterday, 13 innings, A.J. And I'm sure you guys were exhausted. But for us, I mean, there was so much... Uh, fun in, in that game, being able to come back from seven nothing. And our narrative was, "Hey, you got a lot more chances to get back in this thing," and that's what you guys did. You guys yeah. took it for every at bat. Yeah, you know what wasn't fun was the first two innings. Right. <laughs> we had yeah. a really tough start to the game, and and never really seen Wade Miley that way uh, and not be able to escape. Really, just didn't. He recorded like one swing and miss. He he didn't he didn't really have much of anything. And so when I get him out of the game, and you look at the thought of nine innings um, of bullpen work, that's one thing just to get through the game and just get to the get to the finish line. And then you give yourselves chance after chance after chance mm-hmm. and, and kind of chip away at, at the lead. And you look up and you have an opportunity to tie it, some big swings along the way, um, some really big innings, some probably underrated at-bats, uh, certainly some good bullpen work. 
and we look up, we leave the game, you know, five hours later, feeling really good about the result and, and subsequently the win. Were you driving home yesterday, <clears throat> just kind of laughing? Is it funny at all to you? <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. You know, it was more just relief that we were able to, to, you know, what felt like steal a win after falling so far behind. You can't do that at this level very often. Yeah. Obviously, we have a really good team, and we were able to do it systematically. You know, when one of the things that, that I love about our team is we just kind of take the inning by inning, and there was a one-run inning, and there was a two-run inning, and there was the three-run inning, and then all of a sudden, just when we lose the lead, Kyle Tucker comes up with a big game-tying single, and yeah. then – and then Brantley with the big home run. And so you look up, and, and I love the fact that, you know, we could take any part of the game and talk about a different person. Like, was it Altuve's triple? Was it mm-hmm. Brantley's sacrifice fly or his homer, Kyle Tucker? Was it Josh Reddick hitting a homer off a lefty? A lot of guys. There's just a lot of guys that contributed. And that's not even getting into the pitching where Urquidy and Sneed, you know, got us to the to the game, to the end of the game in Rondon, and Osuna coming in and punching out Seeger, um, which, again, is something that was – was necessary for us to win the game. So a lot of contributions, but a, but a good win. I was going to ask you about Kyle Tucker, not so much on what he did yesterday, but are you seeing anything, and I'm sure you've had conversations before he goes back to the minor leagues, are you seeing anything different with him? You know, I, I, I sense him understanding that he needs to be a part of a team and, and a good team, and he doesn't have to do too much, but he, he needs to do his part. You know, I've really appreciated his style of play in these first couple of games and and you know he didn't get a lot of hits this first few at bats and then he comes up with a big homer and a big smile on his face and then a big hit you know with two outs and a game on the line and and you know those types of things and in you know watching him rove around the outfield and play with a little more sense of urgency yeah. he's running balls out he's starting to see he, building i just think he's he's growing up and maturing a little yeah. bit on a on a team that quite honestly demands that out of the young players that come up here. We haven't spoken about Josh Reddick, who came off probably his worst two months of his major league career, and now in the last couple, three Mm -hmm. weeks, uh, he's really starting to hit the ball well, pulling with authority with the homer yesterday. What are you seeing? Yeah, I'm just seeing a little bit more selectiveness and a little bit more ability to, to manipulate the barrel. You know, he's gotten a couple base hits to the you know to beat the shift at shortstop he's mm-hmm. hit a couple line drives that carry to the outfield he had the big home run yesterday so one of the things that we've always bragged about with reddick is his quality of his at bats and and he got away from that for a large portion trying to overcompensate for maybe a bad stretch and and i'm seeing more consistent approach to swinging at strikes and taking whatever they give him a base hit to left great a base hit to right great um, you know, I've seen him do a, a few different things to contribute, and that's the more well-rounded hitter that he is. When you get Josh Reddick in the nine-hole, man, that's mm-hmm. a that's a so it's a luxury. Yeah, yeah. no, it's a luxury, and I and I think what I've, we've asked out of him is just just do enough to contribute and and put up really good at bats and roll a lineup to the top. He falls into that trying to do too much. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, they all do. I think these yeah. guys want to they want to be the guy when it's their at bat. They want to be the guy, and right. um, you know, I saw it yesterday with Jake Marisnik when he came in for him. It, it, you know, first at bat he tried to do a little bit too much and ends up punching out the next at bat he takes his walk ends up scoring ultimately the winning run all right Urquidy Sneed uh, both of those guys get you some big innings to get you at least a chance to get back into the ball game and then Biagini comes in mm-hmm. and, and I asked you a couple a couple of games ago if you're seeing anything different but every game it looks like he's got maybe a little bit more hop on his fastball yeah I think it's all execution for him and, okay. and some of it comes with him not falling in love with one area of the strike zone he's he is a guy that can exploit different areas. I don't think he's been asked to do that a ton in his career, so it's been new for him, and he's made a few mistakes. But um, ultimately, he's buying into a few a few subtle tweaks, and 
and and that fastball plays up a little bit when he uses his pitches correctly. Framber Valdez gets to start today. Uh, his last game wasn't uh, what he would want, uh, but what are you hoping you'll see as this season rolls along? He's going to get chances. Yeah, well, we need innings tonight, specifically with based on how last night went, and 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 the fact that we need our starter to set a tone and and get us to the mid to deeper part of the games, especially today when we'll have a number of guys who were pretty taxed heavily yesterday and won't, won't pitch today. So um, strikes are key against this team. This is a team that's going to go up and swing the bat. We saw that yesterday. They ambushed Miley a little bit. Uh, but they're also a team that's seen Fromber before, and so it's going to be interesting to see the adjustments. Uh, but Valdez throwing, being in the strike zone uh, early and often is, is the key to his success. Last thing I was going to ask you, has Presley thrown off the mound yet today? Not yet today. He's going to do it eventually, and, and, and by the time the game starts, he will have done it. But um, And I wouldn't expect too much. I mean, it's it, that this is not a huge hurdle. This is just going to be something advancing his rehab. Very good. Thanks, AJ. You got it. Back with more Astro Lunch right after this. Justin Verlander has one of the most dominant arms in the game. With a commanding curve and an unparalleled fastball, every start is history in the making. In Houston, everybody loves JV Day. On Saturday, September 7th, all fans will receive a Justin Verlander bobblehead presented by Chevron. For tickets, visit astros.com slash promotions. And welcome back. Robert Ford, pleased to be joined by our ConocoPhillips Math Teacher of the Month for this month, Allison Bearden. Uh, she is a sixth grade pre-AP math and science teacher at Tomball Intermediate School up in uh, Tomball ISD. First of all, Allison, congratulations. Uh, glad you're here. Uh, did you, when did you find out that you were you were up for this, and did you did you know who nominated you? So I found out uh, in the spring, and um, actually I was nominated by a parent. So um, oh, that's I neat. did. I knew who the parent was, but mm-hmm. no, I didn't know anything about it, and just super excited when I heard that I was nominated. Awesome, awesome. So project based learning yes. is what is what you do. Could you explain what that is? Yeah. So uh, actually, I teach kids to learn through different type of designing and exploration and um, looking at trying to find answers to problems and then coming up with their own design or a way to solve that problem and then to create something from that problem. So, I mean, we've done lots of things like creating gardens, um, building different little structures, uh, just really bringing in the real world into the classroom. And that, and also, it sounds like giving kids a chance to try and try and figure things out on Absolutely. their own. Absolutely, yeah. They get to inquire. They get to really think about things on their own instead of me guiding them. I get to really kind of sit back and watch and facilitate. It's really cool. And science and math. So you integrate the two, I take it. Correct. Yeah. So I teach both science and math, and it's it's a really cool thing because they integrate really. They kind of flawlessly integrate. So it's really nice to get to see them how they get to use both, and the mm-hmm. kids get to use both instead of just being one and then the other. They get to really use both and kind of combine them into like. I said real world problems so conoco phillips with you winning this mm-hmm. math teacher of the month award donating money to your school to your classroom orbit visited your classroom absolutely right? yeah that was super cool yeah the kids all my kids got to come and they got to be a part of that they thought that was like the best thing i mean more so that they got to get out of class and see orbit <laughs> than anything but they thought yeah they were really excited my kids i mean they're the reason i do this and mm-hmm. it just was really neat to have them be a part of this experience and get them to be able to like just see the joy in their faces to see orbit come it was really that was a great experience sometimes i hear the teachers are more excited than the kids are oh we were yeah about orbit yes yeah yes y'all were all y'all were yes all yes thing. we had like district people there people all coming <laughs> around there just to see orbit it was all about orbit yeah well, that that's really neat and uh you know middle school can be a, a tough age mm-hmm. uh you know a tough transition period for for a lot of kids 
Uh, how do you try and handle that and, and, and relate to kids at a time that, that can be difficult for a lot of kids? Yeah, you know, I find it that it, I relate really well to them just because, I, you know, that's kind of like they have the sarcasm. They're kind of quirky mm-hmm. and they're fun, and I feel like that's kind of how I am. So it's just really easy to relate to them. And just realizing that they're kids, I mean, they're still, they want to learn. So they still are into everything. They just, they got a lot of other things going on. But I don't know, I just, that's the age that I love. I'm passionate about it. And we just, I don't know, it's like having a bunch of, just kids to hang out with all day and, and really just get them ex- as excited as I am. And I think actually they're the ones who make me more excited. It's just because they just, to see them grow. Yeah. How often do you use sports and baseball with, with your science and math? Yeah, all the time. Um, we actually have a, we have a whole uh, probability and statistics unit that we use and that we kind of talk about. We had a, a group of kids, actually the student's parent uh, who nominated me, he did a whole thing over uh, statistics over different Astros uh, in comparison to his favorite team, which is the Angels. And so, but they do the comparison, looking at the ratios, looking at the percentages, and seeing how they increase and decrease. It's pretty neat. You need to do one with the game that the Astros played last night, down seven right? nothing in the second inning, and <laughs> came back to win. Certainly, That's would a huge have them one. figure out the probability of that happening. Absolutely, <laughs> yes. So, you, as math teacher of the month, you know, you get entered into a drawing with all the other math teachers of the month, and one of you will win a trip to Astro Spring Training, West Palm Beach, Florida, next March. I'm sure you're hoping it's you. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm hoping it, but my husband's hoping it a lot, too. We're huge <laughs> Astros fans. So just the, this, the opportunity to come and be here is like, this is like an experience of a lifetime for us. I mean, this is really, it's like a bucket list, checkoff list. Well, that's really good to hear. Yeah. And great to have you here. Allison Bearden, September Math Teacher of the Month from Phillips. Sixth grade pre-AP math and science teacher at Tomball Intermediate School. Thank you so much for joining us. And again, congratulations. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Big drives, dramatic putts, and great fun with friends. Tickets for the 2019 Houston Open are on sale now. Ticket options for this year's event held at the Golf Club of Houston on October 7th through 13th include daily general admission tickets, week-long tickets, and premium ticket packages. Make your plans now to take part in one of the PGA Tour's premier events. Visit HoustonOpenGolf.com to find tickets and all the info on this year's event. Come for the golf. Stay for the party. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 